Hello, everyone. We are emerging slowly but surely as a sport from the COVID chrysalis. And if we can't yet be fully formed and flying, yesterday's victory, stirring victory of Cameco in the Kipco 2000 guineas certainly told us we were well and truly off the ground as we transition to something approximating a new normality. Here's what's coming up through the next 90 minutes on today's show. It was to the sound of silence, but there have been plenty of horses this week who have made plenty of noise. We look back on what's been a strange but historic week for the sport. This was the fastest 2,000 guineas ever run. It was fought out by three very talented colts. Just how talented are they? Cameco, Wichita and the heavy favourite Pinatubo. We will catch up with the winning connection shortly. We'll also be speaking to Charlie Appleby, trainer of the defeated favourite. But Appleby also has a Group 1 win under his belt in this abridged season because Gayath scooted to a most imperious victory in the Coronation Cup, the highest profile race over a mile and a half ever run on Newmarket's Rowley Mile in the modern era. And it will not be long at all until we are at Nace for the first Irish fixture. Indeed, that takes place tomorrow. It'll be a big weekend at the Curra Irish Guineas weekend. We'll be talking to their supremo, Pat Keogh, a little later in the show. It won't be long until betting shops are open either. How's that impacted the bookmaking industry? What precautions have they had to take? Ladbrokes Corals PR director Simon Clare joins us. And one man who will have been delighted for his good friend Sheikh Farhad yesterday is Jamie Spencer, his longtime colleague and associate. He is on the road to recovery after a very nasty injury a few weeks ago, and he updates us on his progress. And also be showing you some of the best of the action from yesterday, catching up with Brant Dunshay from the BHA on an eventful first week for them. But joining me for the entirety of the show is our own Sam Turner. Sam, uh, good morning. And it's just great to be back up and running. Morning, Nick. Yes, it's been a pretty good week, all in all in told, hasn't it? Um, some brilliant performances on the track. Uh, racing has proved that it can operate in a pretty disciplined manner as well. We followed all the protocols um, apart from one or two little issues at Newcastle, perhaps with a fall of air, and thankfully jockeys were okay, but everything has gone pretty swimmingly. And you know, racing probably lends itself more to racing behind closed doors than a lot of other sports would um, operating behind closed doors because we're not so reliant on the on the crowd atmosphere, are we, to generate that sort of presence? Really, no real surprise as regards the big winners. This week, Mark Johnston out of the blocks with an extraordinary 12 successes already, including four two-year-olds. We'll be speaking to him later in the programme. And, of course, Andrew Balding. Even before Cameco's success yesterday, the yard showed itself to be in insanely good form. Yes, both uh, operations have had a brilliant start, haven't they? Mark Johnson, four two-year-old winners, I think, as well at the last count. And and even Andrew Balding with a 25-to-1 juvenile winner as well during the week. Um, obviously, the, the Gosden bandwagon didn't take long in uh, finding its uh, top speed either, unleashing a, a raft of good quality horses. 
Um, and Archie Watson's hit the ground running as well, and, and Holly Doyle in the saddle um, likewise. So, yeah, it's been a really informative week, I think. One or two yards just taking a little bit of time to find their feet, but um, some of the main protagonists already going well. But in terms of racing burnishing its image this week, there was no finer result than Cameco's victory in the in the Kipco 2000 Guineas because it was won by a series of great communicators and it certainly captured the headlines with no other sport really to mm -hmm. compete yesterday. Uh, we can take it from the outset, Sam, and, and you can give me your, your observations because you'll have watched this a good few times now. Well, it... <laughs> It was it was very good for the sport. Obviously, we didn't crown a, a, a tremendous champion in Pinatubo, but we might have found another one in Kamiko. Um, Asheen Murphy's obviously impressed a lot of people with his communication skills leading into the race, and you know, and, and post race as well. He's been seen to great form. I, I just think it was a really good it was a really good result for racing in a lot of respects. Um, I thought it was a, a terrific race, a great spectacle. Although the crowds couldn't flock to Newmarket to see it. Um, I'm sure they were glued to the television to see whether Pinatubu could could complete a seventh victory and a, and a first classic win. He came up a little bit short. There might be one or two reasons for that, perhaps. Um, possibly the ground was the fastest that he's encountered. Possibly because he's got such a laid-back temperament that he might just be taking a bit of time getting fitter at home. He might just be deceiving connections a little bit. I don't know. Um, he certainly clocked a couple of very healthy splits during the race. Looked as though he'd just come back on full kilter really as they came down out of the dip and then just couldn't match the finishing burst of Kamiko and you know it was a pretty good strongly run race I thought it was a very shrewd tactical ride from Asheen Murphy who switched from stall 15 and got a little bit of cover inside um, the fifth placed horse of Kevin Ryans and that gave him a little bit more opportunity rather than being hammered and trapped up the rail it gave him the rest of the track to, to work with and although the winners just edged right a little bit under a left hand drive he was well on top of the line. They did go a pretty searching pace early. It was an excellent run from Wichita, who the market spoke quite strongly for as regards the, the Bally Doyle horses. I think Frankie Dettori felt he would move forward for that. And as you say, Pinatubo, it might well be that he moves forward from it as well. Uh, there's no knowing you know, how these horses have prepared, what, what level of fitness they came into the race in, because none of them have had a, a, a prep run. Exactly right. Yeah, we're, we're guessing um, in a lot of respects. And, and to be honest, Kamiko was a further advertisement that Andrew Balding's horses have really hit the ground running this week. He's won a classic trial. He's won two-year-old races, handicaps. He's won with all sorts of different horses. Um, so they're obviously in great heart and, and well forward. So how you treat this as a piece of form is interesting going forward. I mean, there, there was some very notable performances in behind as well, uh, not least Military March, who everybody's flagged up as a potential derby candidate off the back of that. And in many respects, he ran exactly the type of race that a lot of people felt he would do going into it. Um, the likes of Kinross just looked a little bit ill at ease on the ground. I think with a bit more cuts in the ground, we could see better from him. And so there was one or two sort of in behind as well that, that, that took the eye and, and shape with a fair bit of promise and didn't do their reputations any harm whatsoever. Um, but Kamiko, you know, the way that he's finished that race off, his, his closing sectional of just over 36 suggested that, and the way that the race was run suggested that he should get a mile and a quarter standing on his head and they're entitled to have a punt, aren't they, at the mile and a half race because... Three-year-olds can't run in the Eclipse this year. Absolutely, and we'll discuss that a little bit later on in the programme with Connections. Sam, for the moment, thank you very much. This is what Asheen Murphy and a delighted Andrew Balding had to say yesterday. Has any victory in your career given you quite as much joy as that? 
No, uh, that's a simple uh, answer, Nick, to, to a good question. Uh, I've never won a classic in Britain, and uh, and this means the absolute world to me for everyone connected with this horse as well. Uh, to do it for Sheikh Farhad is one thing, to do it for him and for Andrew Balding, who was such an important part of your early career, that must be very special. It's the stuff of dreams with a son of Kitten's Joy, the same size rowing line. Uh, you couldn't make it up. In terms of the way that the race progressed as a whole, were there, were there any surprises or did it, did it go as smoothly as you'd anticipated? I, I expected Ryan to go forward on Arizona because the two lesser Ballydoyle horses were drawn uh, far away from him and they, there was good horses in between them and Ryan, for example, so I thought they wouldn't have the pace to cross early. So I got behind Arizona and I had a good trip that way, but halfway, Nick, I wasn't that comfortable. I didn't know, was it the track or the ground's obviously fast underneath, they're running slick times, but on top it's a little bit loose and this horse has never encountered anything like that. But once I said go, kind of the last two furlongs of the race, he really stuck his head out. Only two horses in the last how many years, I think Knight of Thunder and Camelot, weren't in front of the furlong pole and this horse wasn't either. So it was a gutsy performance. And there just seemed that that moment between the two and the one where if he if he thought that it was all too much for him, he'd have said, I can't do this. And it takes a real hard horse, a mentally hard horse to, to go through and make that effort. You'll see as a physical, he's not super tall, but we use medium-sized guts on all the horses in Kingsclear. And this fella, they barely fit him. He's that broad. So he must have huge heart room and he hardly blew a candle out there for a horse that's just won a championship race. He must have a tremendous amount of ability. The way Asheen was talking about him, it, it seems that he has a the horse has a hardiness and a, and a real resilience to him. Is, is that has always marked him out? Yeah, he's, he was always a professional last year, but he was always a bit raw, and uh, and I, I just think he improved with racing, and I'd hope that would be the same this year. So, uh, but he was, you know, he was really tough today because he got a bit dis- disorganised and things didn't go entirely right in the last quarter of the race, but he, he's still on top at the end and well on top. And has he has he come back okay? Does he, does well, he look good? Like he... I literally saw him for two seconds at a, at a distance, just to give him a pat. He looked fine. He wasn't he wasn't exactly blowing hard. So, um, you know, as I say, he, he's done all his work at home and wanted more and thrived on it. And, and, and this victory, strange circumstances though they are, it's an emblem of, of how well you and your team have, have started this this abridged season. How how challenging has the last month six weeks been for you? Well, it's been challenging for, for my staff more than anything. I mean, once we got a resumption date or, you know, an idea that it might happen this week, and that was we got three weeks sort of warning that that was the likelihood, it became easier. But, I, I mean, I think for my staff, a lot of them haven't been able to go home and see their families and everyone's been in lockdown at Kingsley working hard and, you know, it's, it's been a little bit hollow because we haven't been racing. But they've, you know they've played an amazing part in this horses you know from all 75 of them or however many there are on the you know living and working at Kingsley I mean everybody's played their part and it's just fantastic for, for the whole team and I, I spoke to, to Asheen and, and asked him about what he felt the, the immediate future was for, for Cameco and clearly your, your mind thinks of, of the derby which is in perfect timing at the beginning of July are you inclined to go down that road with him and have a dart at it? Yeah I would be and I've got a feeling Sheikh Fahad would be we just got to persuade Revers he's worried that what breeders might think if you win a derby which is I, I can't get my head around but um, I, I don't I mean look they're mixed messages on his pedigree he is a horse with speed obviously to win a guineas but I, I think he could stay a mile half at Epsom 
in the circumstances and uh, I, I personally like to go there but it's their decision they own the horse and uh, I'll do what I'm told Andrew Balding speaking to me yesterday uh, Newmarket apologies there right this is uh, Cameco getting off the box yesterday I think we can we can look at yep this was him arriving back at Kingsclear um, Maddie O'Mara, who is a big part of the Kingsclear Operations, sent us these fantastic pictures, and World Horse Racing were posting these on, on Twitter last night. Well worth a look. And huge celebrations down there. So that was yesterday. Now, this morning, all is well. It was a rather brighter dawn this morning than, a, than the rainy, dusky evening last night. And this is Cameco walking out first thing this morning thanks to all the team for sending these wonderful shots in with uh, his groom Marie there and he looks in terrific condition it's lovely to see and one man who will be very pleased to see these pictures I'm sure uh, is Sheikh Farhad Kamiko's owner who joins me on the line now Sheikh Farhad good morning good morning Nick uh, you've been involved in this game for over a decade now but days don't get better than that do they no they don't certainly not <laughs> it's unfortunate that uh, we couldn't be there, but uh, it's, just, it's beautiful to watch. And you could see, you know, the the, the pictures and the, and the sounds that we we've, we've been seeing all over the internet this morning. The the sheer pleasure that his victory has brought to so many people. It was a, it's lovely to watch. Well, especially for uh, Kingsclear, really, they they've got a huge team there and they work hard. And Andrew's been very bullish through the winter. Um, so it's really it's, it's great to, uh, that Andrew got us the, the uh, our class, uh, our second classic winner. He's been on the team since day one. How how special was this victory given your roller coaster that you you've had in the last couple of years with, with with Roaring Lion, a wonderful champion for you who you so sadly lost, and now you have this horse by the same stallion. I'm sure that's not lost on you. Yeah, for, for sure, Nick. But uh, as you know, David, the Redbirds and the old team work hard all year round. It's not just an, a minute and 30 uh, race that we, we work for. We work all year uh, all year round. And they've figured out that uh, basically Kitchen's Joy is as good as uh, the stallions that are here. And we've been very lucky with that fire, um, uh, Roaring Line and now uh, Camito. And, and just as far as um, the, the plan for Cameco is concerned... We we had a, a, an interesting exchange yesterday with Andrew when he said that he was quite up for going to the derby. You might be quite up for going to the derby, but David might need a, a bit of persuasion. Where do you where do you stand on it? Well, I, I, personally, I, I think we should just have a little think about it. But um, I've watched the race a few times now, and to me, he wasn't stopping at the end. And this is the the, the sectional that they put up uh, showed that. The, he hit the line and he hit the line well. Um, so <laughs> it does give us hope to go to the derby. And, and you are, if nothing else, a, a sportsman. And I, I, I mean, we saw it with Roaring Lion. You were very keen to, to run there because it is, the, it is the greatest race, the most prestigious race. Yes, of course. It's, uh, it's one of the, it is the greatest race uh, in racing. Uh, anyway, if you ask any breeder, if you ask any owner, their dream would most likely be to win the Epsom Derby. And just as far as yesterday's concerned, I, I, you, I'm sure you've watched the race a ton of times since. When you, when you were watching it live, were you, were you worried at any stage? Because he didn't have a, a perfect trip through. Um, no, Nick. I think the draw, draw 15 and no cutaway 
especially watching all the other races um, during the week that you need to be on the rail um, was was quite a, quite a scary challenge because I knew that either we get luck in running or we won't get luck in running. But we knew that the horse is good enough to win the race. And to be honest, I I like to keep it to Um He's very talented. He's very good, and we don't need to give him instructions in in any race really. And he he's obviously a horse with a with a tremendous constitution. That seem that seems to be what came out of of our conversations with with Andrew and, and Asheen yesterday. And, and just looking at him here this morning, he looks fantastic. He is he is a, he's a beautiful horse. And the, the, the thing with him, Nick, is that he's improved from race to race last year. And he he did something that Rolling Bayern didn't do, which which was win a Group One uh, as a two year old. Um, um, yes, it was in Newcastle, but I don't think uh, we all we all didn't think that the uh, all weather was a difference there. And now he's won a, um, a classic as well. And in in Asheen Murphy, you have a jockey not only riding at the peak of his powers, but with with a great confidence to express himself as well, which is a great gift for us. Uh, for sure, I think it's, he's he's brilliant for racing. I think we need people like him in racing. Um, anyone that can sell the sports uh, better to a, a bigger, wider audience is great. And his insight in racing, I know he's young, but his insight in racing is, uh, is, is amazing, really, especially when the, you hear his uh, um, uh, after-race comments. He, he's, he's very he's very strong in terms of knowing exactly what to, what, to, what to do and what's going on. And it's been an incredible journey that you've been on, a racing journey, a breeding journey across different countries, across different continents, and priorities have come and priorities have gone. And um, you're now a family man as well. Uh, where, where are you in terms of your, of your love for the sport uh, as, we, as we speak now, the, the morning after you've had a 2,000 guineas winner? Nick, my love for the sport has never changed. <laughs> and uh, my love for British racing has always been uh, for first and foremost. Yes, our breathing and our racing empire has grown to other countries, but that's only normal. Really, we grow, and you have to be involved in many other countries. But our most and foremost is racing in Britain and breathing in Britain. Um, and having a Guinness winner is even better now. Hopefully, he's going to help the breed years for years to come. And, and David Redvers reminded me when I spoke with him uh, last night that. Uh, that you you said you had said that the the Kipco 2000 and he's a race you've sponsored for over a decade now was the race that you most wanted to win. Um, was that uppermost in your mind going into yesterday? Um, Nick, we've had a few tries before and before I said, but yes, it, it is the race I personally wanted to win more than anything because it was the first race that um, I, I attended. I attended the uh, Guinness World Maxi one. And uh, by uh, by some fate, we, we we you know we bought Maxi afterwards in that year, and he, he was a good stallion for us. And so I, I wanted I wanted to win that race with our colours on. And you have, and it was a wonderful triumph. I I, I know it would have been all the more special had you been able to be there. But I I think the those of us lucky enough to be there uh, can all pass on that. Um, what little, what little atmosphere there was was an extremely warm one in the direction of, uh, of your horse. So uh, thank you and, and best of luck with him heading towards, hopefully, the derby. Thank you, Nick. Sheikh Farhad Althani speaking to me uh, this morning. And here is 
live at Kingsclear, Cameco, under the sunny skies. And I think we can join Annalisa Balding now. Andrew has stayed in, in Newmarket. Annalisa is holding the fort at Kingsclear. There she is. Annalisa, good morning. Good morning, Nick. Uh, it's just great to be able to see you. Great to be able to see the horse live as well. I've blithely said there he is. He looks fantastic, but he, he does seem to be in, in great nick. He does, and I'm really the very definitely the wrong person to be standing here hold, holding the camera. Andrew's actually on the way to Newmarket, and everyone else is rather busy with runners at Haydock and Newmarket today. I'm very much the D-list. Uh, you are definitely not the D-list. Anyone who knows anything about Kingsclear knows how how huge a part you are of this of this success and we saw the shots of the team celebrating last night this has meant an enormous amount as i said to shake fire to an, an awful lot of people just tell us what the atmosphere in the yard was like it was so wonderful i mean obviously we had to be very conscious of um, social distancing but we all wanted to welcome him home you know 9:30 last night we put a whatsapp out and said anyone who wants to come and say hello do and sure enough, he got the welcome he deserved. He did. And there seemed to be sort of an unusual level of confidence going into the race yesterday. And I mean, you know better than any of us, but it, you know, Andrew doesn't normally say things like he could be the best we've had at Kingsclear for many a year unless he was really quite special. How nervous did that make you? Well, it's been quite a sort of, I know, compared to a lot of people in the world, the lockdown's been terrible for some people but for us it's been quite stressful and I I suppose he's had a lot of time to think about about it and put a bit of pressure on himself I, I'm sure and, and 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 but it's all come to a a glorious conclusion could you could you sense his confidence growing the nearer and nearer you got to the race I could and it's obviously really lovely when O'Sheen comes and rides him out and has a big smile on his face when he pulls up and Marie who looks after him, Taffy who rides him every day at home, Kev who feeds him at 4.30 every morning, everyone's saying, you know, he was just getting better and bigger and every day. And I, I know Marie can't, can't hear me, but um, she's completely devoted to this horse. We, we could see that yesterday. What sort of a, a character is he? What sort of temperament does he have? What's he like to have anything to do with and look after? Funnily enough, I was just having a chat to her now. He's quite a little a lad to jog up at home, but you probably saw yesterday in the paddock. He was quiet as a lamb in the paddock, but uh, he's sort of enjoying his pick of grass now. He's actually in the stable that Don Juan Triumphant was in. So, so it's a it's a it's a lucky two stable. Two group ones in six months from it's, that stable isn't yeah, bad. Fa fantastic, a group one stable for sure. And I, I said to Andrew yesterday, you know, the significance can't be lost on any of you, and. And, and the whole Balding family and everyone at Kingsclear, that it, you know, in 1971, um, the, the greatest horse ever to be trained there finished, finished second in the Guineas, and, and, and now you've won it. It's, it's lovely the way these things can come full circle. It's great, isn't it? And it's just been such a team effort, and I, I know how hard everyone's worked, and I think someone sent a message saying that the last 2,000 Guineas winner from Kingsclear was in 1916. Wow. Well, that's, um, that's quite something. 
And I, uh, Annalisa, thank you. Uh, it was wonderful to see the pictures of, of uh, Cameco live there at home at Kingsclear. Um, I think we've got him back again now. We have. Let's see how there he is. And he was, you can yeah, just see, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to, to leave you now, Annalisa. Thank you so much for, for showing him to us this morning. It's great to see him in such a good form. And, and may I say, tremendous camera work as well. <laughs> Thanks very much. There we are. Oh, <laughs> and, that, and that was that. <laughs> Bear with us. That went a lot better than I thought it might. So thanks to Annalisa Balding. And if I, could, if I w wanted one person to trust with a, a, a job like that this morning, it would be Annalisa. So thank you. And it was, as I'm sure you'd agree, lovely to see the horse. Um, Sammy looks in, in, in terrific shape. Yeah, fabulous pictures, Nick. I mean, he's such a stunning individual to have a look at. You know, the four white socks, chestnut. I mean, I know sunshine probably helps how horses look, but he really did look a picture this morning. And, and that's the kind of thing we need to be sort of getting out onto social media, getting people to engage with and, and see how these horses look after, you know, what, what was a, a pretty tough race. He, it was quite a rough race in some places. And look, he looks happy as Larry this morning, very relaxed, very content and... Um, sort of enjoying the adoring glances of, of racing TV viewers and, and connections alike. I, I know his coat was gleaming, Sam, but he's definitely a bay. Right. Okay. Well, I'll make that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, make that error. But he does. He does look absolutely fantastic in the sunshine. Um, there you go. That 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 um, that hails from a non-horse person such as myself, doesn't it? But well. Uh, right, oh, on we go. What of what of the third in the Guineas, uh, Pinatubo? Let's let's have a chat with Charlie Appleby, who's on the line now, and he took the Coronation Cup, of course, with Gayath on Friday. Charlie, good morning. Good morning, Nick. Uh, how's Pinatubo this morning? First, uh, first signs are very good. He he ate up last night. Uh, he's been out and had a had a walk this morning. Um, I, he, you know, he lost three kilos for the race um, there, so. Um, First signs were, were were very pleased with him. Oh, would that be about normal three kilos? For a new market run, uh, if it's fit, yes, you would. You know, you wouldn't want to be losing you know, too much more than that. Uh, but um, I, was, I, say, I was confident going in there, his fitness level was where it needed to be um, to, to compete. And um, you know, on the on the weights, he's shown that. So um, yeah, please. But like I say, we, we've uh, most importantly, he's come out of the race well and he's eaten up and. and, and and obviously he was so far ahead of his class last year. Do you think it's a question of, you know, he's still a very, very good horse, but others have just caught up with him a little bit? Um, it was, honestly, I, I was pleased. I said, going into it, I was, obviously ticked every box. Even throughout the race, I was just happy. The horse is a face. At home, he just never will, will get you excited in the morning. So... I, you know, firstly when I was watching race, I was just pleased that he was up there travelling and showing all his usual, uh, you know, race uh, enthusiasm. Um, from the two, when, it, when, when William, you know, again, from the three to the two there, William just sat into him there and, and, and gave him a squeeze and niggled him along there. And then uh, coming in and approaching the two, he, he showed his signs again. He was just coming to come back on the bridle again. I thought we were, we were in for the business. But, um, for, you know, full credit to the first and the second, they... I mean, the, the second horse stretches again there at the two, and that's when William just felt that it was going to be hard to get past him. Uh, and the winner, as we know, who had, uh, you know, had to find a bit of a passage through, um, stayed on strongly to the line. So, you know, as much as I feel that we saw the, the minor, I think we were, 
we were just outstayed by two you know, two horses at one, one where they decided to go with them is uh, connections business. But you know, they're, they're, they're two horses I just felt outstayed us over that trip uh, on the day. And, and just, what we did find out about him last season was that he could take runs, you know, relatively quickly. And and uh, and I'm guessing that's to do with his, his relatively laid back temperament, a horse who doesn't do too much in his in his work at home. Does that give you hope as regards going to the St James's Palace? For sure, um, you know, as we know, it's an unprecedented year this year in in, in, in you know where we are, and I was trying to to make a bit of ground up. So, uh, but he gives himself uh, you know every opportunity to be able to to back up quick because I think his demeanour is that he'll uh, he can serve all of that energy uh, from from one race to the next. Well, I'm glad to hear he's okay. It's good that he's going to Ascot and that you're you're pretty pleased. Uh, Gayath was was mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing, um, smashing the, the the track record. Admittedly, there aren't too many races of that caliber over a mile and a half at Newmarket, but he did so and beat very good horses as well in Anthony Van Dyke and, and Stradivarius. Do you think he's a better horse this year, Charlie, or do you think the race just set up perfectly for him? Both to 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 answer both of those questions is is is. A, I think he's a, a, a strong. He's a, he's a finished article now. He's a five-year-old. Um, we, we physically saw that difference there uh, in, in, uh, in the new year. Um, but um, I say that race in Dubai. Because, you know, you, people will question what, what he beat there, but again, he did it very easily. Um, but he doesn't give himself an easy race. Uh, and he wins by these big margins. He, you know, he's, he's, he's sort of hard on himself uh, throughout the race uh, with that pace. Um, but post race in Dubai, we see we saw he took that race so much better than he had done as a four year old. Um, you know when he when he won in Germany again, you know 14 length margin. It, it looked it looked very you know attractive on the TV and, and, and to the eye. And he's what he's won so easily. And, you know that's an impressive uh, distance. But but it took it took a lot out of him. Um, and and it took his you know I think that showed it to be fair when we. To the arc. I mean, okay, the ground was the ground was soft, and and, and you know people decided to try and you know the, the pace was a lot stronger, and and, and uh, people were, you know taking us on there. I just felt yeah, I paid in the end. But more, like I say, most importantly is that this year, post race, he's taken it well, and he showed exactly the same signs this week as well. You know, he's he, he lost very little weight there, and and um, his his demeanour is he's he's bouncing after the race. So I just think we're I won't go on too much, but he's a finished article and he's an exciting horse. And I think he's going to be a flag bearer for us this year. A proper horse and going on to take an able on in the Eclipse, which would be, you know, it's the stuff of dreams, a race like that. Yes, I mean, um, you know, again, you're, you're asking, you know, was the race sort of set up well for him? Yes, we've got that lead, which, which he enjoys. Um, but I'll be honest, our mindset wasn't to go out and, you know, if we felt that someone wanted to take us on, Newmarket is a track that would suit him. He's, you know, he's, he's unbeaten on that uh, on the rolling mile. Um, he just you know, needs that bit of space, and, and, and then once he gets into that rhythm, then he's away. And, and but William gave him a you know, copybook ride from the front there, uh, hit every fraction spot on, and uh, you know, he, he galloped out the way he did for that reason. Busy afternoon for you today. Uh, maybe slightly less pressure in the in the classic with with summer romance, beautifully bred summer romance, and. And William, she made a very promising start to her career last year. How hopeful are you of a big run? She's done very well, as we say. She's, she, she won a maiden well, won the Empress well, and then she disappointed at the Ascot. Then ground had gone, was on the slow side that day. 
and to be honest, she, the preliminaries didn't go particularly as, as planned. Uh, she got herself quite wound up and upset. Uh, so we put a line through that. Then we went uh, to Salisbury for a bit cooler, and we, uh, we were happy, very happy with her, but you know, she just felt that it was a filly that we sort of just wanted to take on our tail slightly. And she ran a creditable race, she finished, uh, and when just said she felt road weak. Uh, so it was at the end of her two-year-old crew, we put her away, but she's physically done well for the winter. Um, it's going to be, hopefully, the rain. We've got a bit of rain just starting now here in Newmarket, but uh, it should be a sounder surface than that uh, she's encountered uh, in, from her last two runs. And uh, therefore, if she produces that sort of summer form that we saw her as a two-year-old, I think she's a, you know, she'll run a, a big race. I don't know whether she's good enough to go to go and win at Guineas, but I think she'll run a, a very creditable race. Charlie, thanks so much. Thank you. Charlie Appleby. Um, Sam, worth, worth reflecting on the performance of Gayath because it was, it was mighty good. I mean, he's given notice before that he could do something like that. But from what Charlie's saying now, the question is, can he string a few of those together and, and be the flag bearer that he hopes he's going to be? Well, he's five years of age now, Nick. I think he's maturing. Um, they're probably working out the best way to um, operate with him as well and train him and condition him. Um, he puts quite a lot into his races, so I, I, I gather that you know a week or two afterwards he'll probably have a, a little bit of a quiet time and then build up again because he's probably not the kind of horse, given his disposition, that you want to go to the, the well with um, too often, really. So I would imagine the Eclipse is a nice break to that race, and that, that race sets up absolutely perfectly for him, really. Um, obviously, a front runner's track Sandown certainly wouldn't be inconvenienced by that, and. It'll be a fascinating duel if both him and Enable get there. But, you know, his, his time on, on Friday was phenomenal. His closing sectional either, considering the amount of running that he'd managed to do through that race, um, was, was only about a length slower than Marie's Diamond over three for, over the final three furlongs, which was obviously the listed winner over a mile. So, you know, he's a bit of a beast, really. He's a bit of a phenomenon. And now that they've worked out how to sort of condition him, as I say, I think he's going to be a real force going forward perhaps even over a mile and a quarter, but certainly over a mile and a half. So exciting to see him in the Eclipse, which is for older horses only this year and will take place the day after the Derby. So that'll take place the first Sunday in July, the Derby the first Saturday in July and the Oaks. And the Derby picture has been building this week. Obviously, we think Cameco will go to the Derby. Mishriff yesterday in the Newmarket Stakes and English King we'll talk about in a moment. But even though we expected Waldkernig to win the Newmarket Stakes, Sam... We probably shouldn't underestimate Mishriff, his stable companion. No, far from it. I thought it was a tremendous performance. I thought it was almost one of the marquee performances of the day, really, because they were strung out like washing across the rally mile here. And just there's good horses that were beaten probably halfway. And I just thought his relentless galloping style, um, the way that he's, he's gone through the race, I mean, he's closing section, as I say, was, was, was quicker than Pinatubu. <laughs> so, you know, that, that suggests that, you know, he's as strong at the line, really, as, as at any point in the race. And I don't think Val Koenig lost a lot in defeat, really. I know he was third. He, he was a bit disappointing. But that disappointment is probably uh, dictated to by the price that he was sent off. I mean, he won a Wolverhampton maiden in a rather stop-start gallop. He, yes, he clocked good sectionals, but a lot of horses can clock good sectionals off a very mediocre gallop. Um, and I think he will have learnt a lot there. So over a mile and a quarter, I wouldn't be giving up on him. But I, I'm a big fan of Mishriff. I mean, all his breeding suggested that 
a mile was going to be his trip, really, um, when they started out. And we obviously saw from the Saudi run that he, he needed all of that mile. Um, and that mile and a quarter there, he wasn't, he wasn't really stopping at the end. He just took so many horses out of their comfort zone early on that I thought it was a, a, a terrific performance. And I think all roads lead to that, the Hampton Court and probably a bit of a duel with first receiver who we saw win at, yeah. at Kempton in the week. What did you make of English Kings winning the Derby trial at Lingfield? I love the whole performance um, for a horse having his third run, running at a tricky track like Lingfield. Um, I thought he went round there on rails, travelled beautifully. I mean, he was given a it was given a lovely ride, very effective, efficient ride from Tom Marcan, but he just won like a really, really talented and, and quality horse. Um, obviously, he's bred to do the job. His sectionals through the race were very good. His overall time was excellent, lining up with the, the fillies in the Oaks trial. Um, I might not pay too much attention to that because I'm not sure that form's worth a great deal given how the race was run. But you, you couldn't crib English King. I mean, he won with any amount in hand and just he, he showed a beautiful mix, really, of, of, of stamina to, to win over that trip, but an actual turn of foot at the end mm. of his race to go clear of Andrew Balding's runner. Another, yeah, another good runner from the Balding stable, Berkshire Rocco, but the victory went to English King in the Lingfield Derby trial. Very impressive it was as well. Trained by Ed Walker, who has Royal Intervention running in the Cecil Frail at Haydock this afternoon. Ed joins us on the line now. Ed, good morning. Hi, Nick. How does it feel to have a horse who is so high up in the market for the, for the Derby? Yeah, it's very, very exciting. Um, we've been in a similar position before, which didn't end so well uh, <laughs> when Stormy Antarctic won the Craven. And, uh, yeah, um, he was second favorite for the, for the Guineas and that was a, a very disappointing day. So we know, um, we know, we know not to get too excited. Um, uh, but it is, yeah, it's great and a, and a lovely position to be in. Uh, what were you thinking going into the race? I mean, he was quite well back, but were you confident? Um, I, I was, yeah, never confident in a race like that, but very, very hopeful. I mean, he'd done, um, very little wrong. He was very babyish on, on soft ground. A new market on debut, um, and then put in a really good performance at Newcastle. Um, he never missed a beat through the winter. Had been training well, but quite a hard horse to really, really gauge because he's he's very very relaxed and very straightforward and and just does what he has to. So um, he was, you know, he's not flashy at home. He always worked well and moved well and a gorgeous horse. So very hopeful. Um, and you know, the Derby was kind of especially with. Bjorn Nielsen owning him, you know, the, the, the whole he was bought as a, as a potential derby horse. So everything had to kind of work back from the derby. So we had to go in there and find out and, and see whether he was a genuine derby, derby contender. So we were obviously very hopeful, um, but confident would be a bit strong. And do you think the timing fits ideally from Lingfield to, to Epsom? Yeah, when the programme came out, it was, it was the race we really wanted to go for. Um, I really believe that you know, um, stamina wasn't an issue and the trip would suit him ideally, especially having one over 10 at Newcastle as a two-year-old. And um, I think, you know, Lingfield, I, I like Lingfield as, as a, well, I obviously worked for Luca Kamani and, and Luca's two derby winners um, won that race. And mm. I think it's a really good, um, a good place to, to, to educate a derby horse. And obviously last year's winner came from there. And, and with the timings, it, was, it just seemed the, 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 perfect, the perfect spot, really. Ed, you've got a, uh, a runner this afternoon we know a little bit more about, Royal Intervention, in the, in the Cecil Frail. I'm guessing you'd rather the rain had stayed away. Yeah, very much so. She is a top-of-the-ground filly, but she's, um, 
she needs to run. Um, I, I think she's a filly who gets better with racing in, in, through the season. And obviously, uh, Saudi was a bit disappointing, and that was a long time ago now. So um, she needs to run, and the plan is to, to, to run here and, and, yeah. and then head to Ascot. And you've got Nina Ballerina in the race as well? Nina Ballerina, she, she'll love the rain. Um, she'll, she'll be happy that there's been a bit of rain. And she was a good two-year-old who just lost her way a little bit um, in the second half. Um, and she's got some, some black tie, but not a, not a stakes winner yet. So hopefully she can get ahead in front at some stage. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel, Dubai. Joined now by the man who's been fastest out of the blocks this week. I mean, there are a few stables in red hot form, Andrew Balding, John Gosden, but no one flying quite like Mark Johnston. Uh, Twelve winners already, forgive me if I've miscounted, but I think I'm right. And Mark joins us on the line now. Morning, Mark. Good morning. Uh, I know you are prolific. I know you like to train a lot of winners, but that's a nice start by anyone's standards. Yeah, it's a nice start. And there's a huge amount of uncertainty. It's, uh, all very new to us, uh, starting in the middle of the season like this. The races are very different. Placing the horses has been quite a challenge, but obviously we're getting it, you know, reasonably near correct. Uh, one thing that must have pleased you particularly is the success of your two-year-olds that you've run so far. Um, was that exactly as you were anticipating? Um, I think it's exactly as Charlie was anticipating, <laughs> although um, he. He uh, certainly was, was shouting and cheering when the first one went in. Um, it's been quite different. I was sort of out of action for three weeks. Yeah. Um, at a sort of crucial period when they were doing a lot of the fast work. Um, I kept giving them a hard time on it and saying, you are you sure they're ready? And we've, we've got X number of two-year-olds. We should have had more ready for the first, um, the first races. Um, I keep reminding them that since just a few years ago I had the first three winners and then the first four winners the following year. Um, we haven't quite had that this year, but, you know, <laughs> just as good, you know, just as good. So um, great relief, really. It has been, again, it's a new challenge because you're not just looking at five furlong horses. We are having to look at the sport with normally mm-hmm. the second wave of two-year-olds at the same time. Yeah, I of heaven, I, I was really taken with it at Newmarket on the on the Roly Mile. I, I, obviously, I wasn't there on Thursday, wasn't it? Uh, Friday was it Thursday or Friday? I can't. Thursday he won. Um, I mean, looked an absolute beast physically. Um, yes, yeah, he's not huge. You know, Frankie kept mentioning that he's a big horse. Um, you know, he's he's a bit bigger than average, but he's not he's not yeah. an enormous horse. Maybe it's just his stride. He, maybe it's just an impressive stride. Gave a misleading impression on the, uh, from from where I was watching, just on the screen there. Yes, yeah, he is. He is an impressive horse. He's one that that sort of stood out from the string for quite some time, even before he started doing fast work. I, I always say that Deirdre and Charlie they learn the horses, try and uh, identify them from their markings from an early stage. I always use the excuse that I just wait till they, they jump out at me, and when I've asked. <laughs> three times in a row what's that horse then I know it's probably a decent one and I think of all the two-year-olds uh, I have heaven stood out more on the gallops than any other that's interesting so would the Nor- the Norfolk looks like the the obvious slot for him yeah it does yes absolutely um, Frankie said he wouldn't be frightened to go six but he's clearly got speed for five and ask it probably be a better track for him than Newmarket 
and on top of that, we've got you know we've got a couple of bullets for for the Coventry as well. So um, oh, oh yes. I think Norfolk's the race for him. Uh, I caught last night on the replay, I caught the Newcastle victory of Thunder of Niagara um, yes. by, by Night of Thunder, like your other uh, good horse, Thunderous. Uh, is he top of the pecking order for the Coventry now? Um, probably. Army of India, obviously, um, uh, was a, a decent start as well. Um, you never quite know. Usually, by the time we get to uh, 10 days before Ascot, then we've got some idea of what what we beat in these races. We've seen some two-year-olds come out and have a second run and things, whereas this time we're only guessing. We were given some indication by the the preferred two-year-old system that the BHE introduced for this year, so we could see what people were playing the races. Um, as the week's gone on, those have dried up a bit, but I've you know heard a few rumours that you know other trainers thought they were running decent horses in that New Newcastle race, so it was all the more impressive for that. And Nayef Road has given you a pattern strike as well in the in the rescheduled race at, at Newcastle yesterday. He he went off quite a big price for a horse who had some quite smart form last year as well. How high do you think he could fly this time round? Uh, he can fly very high, of course. I think we're all we're all probably guilty. You know, we we thought Milton Berger was was maybe a first string in the race in some ways. Um, but uh, just a reminder to me, dating way back to the the days of Double Trigger and so on, you you can't beat St Ledger for mm. you know the the St Ledger might be uh, less than fashionable uh, classic these days, but. Um, is absolutely the best form for these staying horses and um, third in the St Ledger is, is just what you're looking for, for for a cup horse for the next year and he showed it yesterday. So is it dead straightforward in, in a way to place him now? It's just all the cup races if he's fit yeah, and ready to go? Yeah, he's going to ask a cup for sure, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, just as regard, you, just as regards the, the team effort at, um, at your base, you mentioned and you were deflecting quite a bit of the credit because you were off off for a bit. Are you are you and Charlie tempted to do the dual license like the Crisfords and the Coles? Um, yes, we will be looking at doing that. Yeah, Charlie hasn't passed his modules. Um, <laughs> and he hasn't got NVQ three. He has got a veterinary degree and he did have a jockey's license, but that doesn't count. So he's got a few um, hard doves to jump before he's even allowed to apply for a license. Um, so it won't be happening imminently. So, so when you when you when you get a time to send him back to school, you can you can uh, get the joint license out. Yes, yeah, I think that's the that's the case. Um, so, you know, the ball's very much in his court. He's doing, you know, he has been for a couple of years, been doing an increasing amount of the the the, the work. You know, he plans the gallops, um, and he's, you know, I think everybody's that he's been well to the fore he's been doing doing a lot of it taking an awful lot of the pressure off me um, and luckily as we've seen the last couple of seasons uh, the results certainly haven't been affected if, if they have it's been positively and Mark just finally before you go I know you've got to be done at 11 o'clock um, how have you rated the performance of, uh, of British racing in the last six or seven days it's been it's been generally very very good. You know, it was obviously going to be, um, you know, there were going to be the odd minor teething problem. Uh, it's also new, and every track is different. Um, but as I've, you know, don't want to sort of harp back on what's been said 
weeks and weeks ago, but you know, we're an industry and a sport that very, very much lends ourselves to, to social distancing. If we can't keep 100 people apart on a race course that's built for 40 or 50,000, um, it's a sad day. And, you know, we're out in the fresh air and things. And so I don't, I think it's been absolutely minimal risk. But clearly the courses and the BHA have had to demonstrate that they are, they're crossing every T and dotting every I, and they've done that. Uh, but, um, I think in terms of risk of spreading virus, it doesn't come in to the same ballpark as, as city activities. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Cruel Dubai. Now, one man watching on the sidelines at the moment, having had a nasty hip injury and also um, suffered a broken femur in a fall a few weeks ago, is Jamie Spencer. Um, former English champion jockey, Irish champion jockey, multiple classic winning rider as well, and also had a great association with uh, yesterday's connections. Jamie, um, good afternoon. Well, good morning it still is. Uh, how are you getting on? Yeah, good. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Sam. Yeah, not too bad. Um, uh, watching on. And just in terms of the, of, of the injury, is it, is it healing well? Is, it, is, is your recovery going as you'd expected? Um, is it going to expect? Well, I had no expectation. Uh, I've never been injured before, so uh, there's two ways of looking. I've been very lucky up till now. Um, I saw my surgeon on Thursday, and he's a horse racing enthusiast, so he he gets the jockey's mentality. So it was easy to speak to him, and he was happy with my progress. I followed the rehab to to the T, and uh, basically. Just, just t- ticking time over now till it's till, till I'm ready. So what, what's the what's the time frame looking like? No time frame. You know, it's. Um, he said, he's obviously I have a lot of metal work in my leg, which gives a huge structure, and I have the power to do whatever I want. And I've been riding the ponies the last couple of days, Chloe's uh, ponies. But as 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 regards riding a racehorse. Um, I won't be on a racehorse till I'm a thousand percent. Um, I've seen sports people do this sort of thing before, and it's not a good idea. And also, you've had that huge amount of experience to to know your own body and to know what 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 you can do. Are you someone who who finds it okay <clears throat> to 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 watch, or or are you someone who finds it very frustrating? Um, I have an interest in the pedigree side of racing, so you know you have to keep keep. Uh, following all that um so yeah it is frustrating you know you see dubai station that one uh, pavilion at newcastle that's generally my ride um but you kind of you're for about five minutes you're kind of pleased for the horse and then about 10 minutes later you're kind of on jeez that's your, that's my ride another one gone um so i suppose you wouldn't be human if you if you if you didn't have ups and downs and i, I think uh i think Injury is very much a roller coaster of emotions. So you, some days you have really good days, and some days it aren't aren't so good. And it's the same with the pain levels. Um, so it's a part of sport. I'm only learning about it now. Um, but uh, I've obviously got a lot of jump jockey friends, and had a good chat with Barry Garrity about ten days ago, and that was quite informative. And his his mental his mentality towards injury. Um, everyone's different. Um, 
you know, you see some people do huge rehabs and and take it seriously, and others just are just lucky and they're fast healers and get back like 20 years ago. I'm, I'm not sure if Paul Carby would have done a much uh, rehab. Uh, and you, you say you chatted to the to the jumps jockeys. I know you're you're good friends with with Barry Garrett, and you said you you've had text from Ruby Walsh as well. He knows he knows all about breaking legs, and and, and as does Barry and, and and Charlie Swan as well. I know he's been in touch with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm good friends with Charlie. And in fairness to Ruby, he's texted me many times. And um, obviously Ryan is very private about his injuries, um, but he had a good chat with him and. He's everyone's being positive, and uh, you know I have to admire any of them that have come back through three or four or five of these sort of injuries because it's uh, put this way: the first handful of days after the operation wasn't pleasant, and uh, the first month wasn't easy. And yeah, it's getting easier now because I'm more mobile and I've got a sort of half a target in my own mind. So it's yeah, getting back now. I was very struck, though, that you wanted to almost play down your your injury because we were right in the in the middle of the of the worst of the pandemic at the, at the time. And you know, I I know that that it's a, a pretty serious one, but you you were really keen just to to put it into context at, back then and to and to thank the people who who really looked after you. Yeah, no, it's uh, I have a good team around me. Um... I have Kevin Hunt every day, my physio. He, I've had physio every day since two days after the operation. He's been instrumental in helping me recover. And uh, Lisa Hancock and Ross at the Injured Jockeys Fund, the hydro pool there, it just shows you a selfish nature in the bubble we live in that I've never been to Sir Peter Sullivan House even since it opened. And nearly embarrassed to say I haven't been there. And to, to, to see the facilities they have there, and it's all run by a charity. If anybody, if any charity in future should just, or wants to give to charity, just please give to give to the Injured Jockeys Fund. Um, it, it is an, an amazing place, and there are a lot of amazing people doing a lot for people behind the scenes. And I, I, I know you would have been watching on and extremely pleased for for Sheikh Farhad yesterday because your association goes right back to the to the very beginning of his association with with British racing. <clears throat> Yeah, I went and actually spoke to him. He came to visit me about a week ago, social distancing, obviously. And then I went to see him last week. Um, and he, obviously he was apprehensive about a lot of things, the draw, everything. But it worked out well. I think uh, watching the race, I don't think anybody had a cooler head than Oshin throughout the race. Um, he was he was very patient and but calculated that he didn't take any risk once he got to the dip and... It's amazing. I guess when Roaring Lion died, you think, oh, well, that's that's it. It's going to take another... Uh, our connection has led us down. It's always, I don't know why, but it's always Newmarket that uh, that we have problems with, um, as we did last week with, with Amy and, uh, and Grant. But uh, we haven't got Jamie back just yet. Hopefully we can very shortly. Um, no, he, sadly, I, I think we've lost him. We will try and get Jamie back just for another couple of words if we can. Uh, but Sam, I mean, Jamie saying that you know, he hadn't really appreciated, even in all his time as a rider, until he had this very serious injury, the work that the IJF do and, and clearly have done for him with his, with his rehab. 
Yeah, he's been very fortunate, hasn't he? I think he broke a thumb in a, a fall at Goodwood uh, where Ryan Moore was badly injured some years ago and he's had a pretty blemish-free record up until that point. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's leaning on that organisation more than ever. Um, great to see that they're there for him. You wouldn't expect anything else, to be honest, with the way that that's run. Um, and it, it's a real shame, isn't it, with Ascot just on the horizon as well, which is a, a track that Jamie rides so brilliantly that he's been ruled out of, of taking part in this year's um, Royal Ascot meeting. But as he says, he wants to be 100% right before he can ride. That doesn't seem any time soon. And obviously, although he's getting really good physio courtesy of Kevin Hunt, it's very difficult in this day and age, isn't it, just to just swan into hospital, just to have your your um, your records checked and and a you know various X-rays, etc., just to um, to see how far your your progression has, has has gone, really. So it's it's going to be tough for him, really, to to get back pretty sharpish. But you know, he seems reconciled with the fact that he's just not going to ride till he's hundred percent, and you know, I think that makes perfect sense. I think that's what experience tells you, doesn't it? That's what it, you know, experience brings you—that ability to, to sort of know your own, know your own body, and know know the way that you can you can operate. Well, he's he's thirty-eight, thirty-nine. He's not exactly over the hill, is he? I mean, you know, he is a baby-faced assassin as well. He still he still looks pretty young, and he you know he rides like a young man. Um, he, you know, he, I wouldn't say he doesn't he's not reckless or take chances, but the way that he rides is is very measured and calm, relaxed and, and very switched off and mentally he seems in a fairly good place, which I suppose is one of the biggest battles when you've got a long term injury. He's got a good support network as well, the likes of Barry Geraghty, Charlie Swan, etc., to help him through these times and look at least he's had a bit of decent weather as well to, to try and recuperate you know most of us have been stuck in our houses and if you're fortunate enough to have a garden or a paddock or whatever you can get out in then that's a big help as well mentally well sadly i don't think we are going to be able to get jamie back which was a great shame uh, but thanks to him for for his words and and wish you jamie a, a very a very speedy uh, recovery and hope to see you back soon pat keogh is the chief executive of the curra who begin there uh, season in earnest, if you like, next weekend with the Irish Guineas and NACE uh, kicks off the Irish racing tomorrow, June the 8th. Uh, Pat joins me now. Pat, um, you must be very much looking forward to next weekend. How encouraged have you been watching on um, events from the, from the UK the last six, seven days? Oh, it's been fantastic. We were, we were waiting for so long <clears throat> and, and we the disappointment of uh, the delayed start here we were ready to go at the end of March and then you know that's often as you say starts again uh, in Nice tomorrow but it's been fantastic watching Newmarket yesterday I was on the edge of my seat so I know we say the experience it's not racing as we know it or as we'd like it to be but my god it's it's fantastic I thoroughly enjoyed it and it's just great to be back that the season is kick-started with a bang. And uh, it's all happening. Looking forward to today again. And uh, then next Friday in the Curragh. Just can't wait for that one, Nick. And have you been able to maintain the Curragh as you'd have liked during the lockdown period? Oh, yeah, very definitely. See, the Curragh is, uh, you've got the race course and you've the training grounds as well. So it's a permanent home to to you know 800 horses so the Curra is in operation 365 days of the year maintaining the gallops and the race course is maintained very much part of that so 
the race course is as good as it ever was. There's just a beautiful covering on it. Uh, Pat Webb and his team have done a spectacular job. Uh, and we're just, we're just delighted with where it's at. Uh, we'd like a little bit more rain to come. We've had the watering can on, on and we'll have it on again during the week. And, but it'll be, it'll be a beautiful, it'll be in beautiful condition for next Friday and Saturday to Nick. Just looking further ahead, Pat, when do you anticipate from what you're gathering from the government in Ireland uh, as regards international competition in Ireland? Well, we, we could have international runners. We could have runners from, from England next weekend or horses entered. I, I'm not expecting an awful lot. But, I mean, the issue is that, that anyone coming into Ireland has to go into isolation for 14 days under the current regulations and we expect that will be loosened up please God before too long but it's part of the overall government strategy and they've managed this very very well so I'm not you know there's, we've no issue with that so at the moment if an English horse wants to come uh, to Ireland and race the horse can come over and be delivered into the care of an Irish groom or an Irish representative um, and they don't have that issue. So we can have international runners uh, next weekend, and we'd love to see that. But, the, you know, there's so much racing in England at the moment. You know, the new market, the Guineas this weekend, you've Ascot starting immediately after us. We're not expecting uh, an awful lot, particularly as it's, it's not ideal, the current circumstances, but it would be possible. But we're hoping that we will see that lifted before too long. It'll be back to, it'll be back to normal, normal service. And as far to, to to any trainers that want to bring horses over the moment, oh sorry. No, I was going to ask um, Pat uh, as, as far as far as the the economics are concerned uh, of Irish racing. We've seen obviously some revisions here already in terms of of prize money. I'm sure you're going to, you're going to have to do the same. Uh, what are you looking at for next weekend relative to what it would normally be? Yeah, we have. There's been. There's been. There has been a, re a revision. One thing I'd like to say that that the sponsors have been fantastic. Sponsors have stayed loyal uh, to racing, and they see the contribution that the that racing makes not only to the industry but also to the overall overall Irish economy, um, and that's been great. So yeah, prize money prize money will be down overall. It's down probably thirty or forty percent. Uh, for the moment and that's the way it has to be because obviously from the race course's point of view with no public coming uh, with no hospitality sales our revenue streams are well down but I mean it's still the prize money will be will be very very good so we're we're happy we're very very happy with where we're at and in terms of your your full program for the for the remainder of the season are we back on track now Absolutely back on track. I mean, we will have the Dubai Duty Free uh, Derby Festival as scheduled, um, and then we will continue on, continue on from there. Some races that uh, missed their dates, so the Tatasils uh, Gold Cup uh, has been put back. That'll be now run on a new date at the at the end of July. But every other date throughout the year will be the same, and we will also have an extended season so we will we will race in november we've two dates in november now so we will have our 
20 days racing as we were scheduled to have um, and we're back on schedule after next weekend we're, 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 we're back on the normal cal- calendar again Nick Pat thank you very much indeed for joining us and, and best of luck for the, for the next few days Thank you very much indeed always a pleasure Nick Pat Keogh, the chief executive of the Curra, who kick off uh, on Friday and Saturday with the Irish 2000 and Irish 1000 guineas. So just reflecting on the last seven days in British racing since the resumption. And yesterday I managed to catch up with a now familiar face to luck on Sunday. Brant Dunshay, the chief regulatory officer for the BHA. And I began by asking him how he felt the first week had gone. Look, I think the week has been incredibly successful. We've had our challenges, uh, particularly, Nick, with regard to the, the, the logistics and managing all of the, the screening of all those that are, are, are coming to the race course. Uh, we only had a limited amount of time to build the system that's managing that. So, you know, I'm really appreciative of all the trainers and participants that have, have shown patience and worked with us as we've... Uh, ironed out some of those challenges but it, it is as you see it is a very different race day experience and uh, we've all we've all have to become accustomed to it for the time being the contrast is particularly stark when you've got a, a race day like 2000 guineas day yeah run in, in front of nobody particularly given the significance and impact that that race is likely to have moving forward did you feel under more pressure today no, I wouldn't have thought we we, we felt under more pressure. Um, it's been helpful that, that, that it has been uh, th- three days of racing here at Newmarket leading up to today because, uh, as I said, we've had some, some challenges with at the, at the back end with the, with the logistics. But actually the race day, the, the jockeys, the trainers, uh, all the stable staff, everybody has been fantastic in terms of the way they've collaborated with us, they've complied with all the requirements and... Uh, and it's it's been you know successful thus far. What have you found hardest this week? Uh, it's been just a unique uh, challenge dealing with uh, everyone having to change behaviour. So even even for trainers and stable staff, just their, their daily routine, it is it is different because they have to provide us with information before they leave home in the days leading up to the, the race day and. And just, just managing that side of it has been challenging. I mean, I think I got my first call this morning at, at around quarter to seven from a trainer that was having some issues. So it's, um, it, it, it's different. We're all becoming used to it. Uh, but certainly as the week's gone on, uh, it, it has improved. Is there any way we, you know, we can help? Is there anything you'd like to say to racing professionals who are coming to the racing to, to remember just to make everyone's life a bit easier? Yeah, look, one of the challenges we've had with our back-end systems has been uh, the, the health questionnaires that we're asking everybody to complete um, within the previous seven days. Uh, what we've learned is that our system's having some challenges and we'd ask everybody when they receive an email about their health questionnaire, even if they've done one in the previous week, please do it uh, every time you receive one because that just uh, seems to, to help the process. Um, so... Uh, give us that information as soon as you can. Uh, it's a requirement. We need to be able to, to audit our, our processes in terms of who arrives in the course and who leaves, uh, just in case there is a problem uh, with some issue relevant to, to the COVID-19. So. Yeah, we, we flagged up a few potential pinch points when we spoke last we week. We did. One of those was horses going into the stalls because the social distancing yep. requirements yep. meant you could only yep. really have two stalls handlers you've had one or two withdrawals that might have gone in for another handler when do you expect to be able to get a few more operational uh we've got we've got a meeting tomorrow sorry 
Monday afternoon uh, where we'll, we'll consider some of the, the, the various measures we've put in place and whether or not we can start to um, uh, relax some of those measures. Uh, and of course, at the end of tomorrow's racing, so after seven days, we'll, we'll have a look at uh, each of the issues we've had over the course of the week um, and, and make some decisions. Uh, so uh, we want to we get seven days racing behind us, um, look at it all, review it all, and then we'll make some decisions uh, around that. Another possibility was people being turned away because they uh, hadn't come up to, to scratch on the on the screening. Yes. You get your temperature taken a couple yes. of times when you when you come in. Everybody yep. does. Uh, has there been any issue there at all? Uh, we've had no issues in terms of the uh, the health screening. That anybody um, not passing the health screening, uh, there've been no elevated temperatures. The one issue we have had, however, has has been individuals that have arrived that haven't completed some of the um, information that's been required, whether it be the training module or whether it be the health questionnaire. And that's, that's part of the learning process for everybody. Um, but that has improved as the week's gone on. But, you know, pleasingly, we've had no issues uh, in terms of anyone turning up that's unwell. In terms of race day operations, have you been able to execute those as you'd have liked in terms of the stewarding processes and the way that jockeys and trainers interact with each other and so forth? It's worked extremely well. Uh, there's you know, far fewer people, obviously, on the race course, so we've inevitably got more space to do what we need to do. And, and everybody's been very cooperative and we've been able to work around all of the, the challenges we have. So operationally, it, it seems to have, have actually worked quite well. Um, I know it sometimes sounds like we're asking the same questions over yeah, and over again, but yeah, sure. because this situation moves quite quickly, I think mm. it's worth it. Do you have any indication in your own mind as to when there might be some people let into a race course? Uh, we discussed it, this at an industry group meeting this week. Uh, the government have, um, or DCMS and Public Health England, are working through a five-step process in terms of sport, returning to full, open um, international competition with spectators. This is step three, so there's still two steps to go. Uh, I, I, I can't answer that. I don't really have an, un, uh, an idea. That's ultimately a matter for government policy. Uh, but we have um, been talking amongst our industry group around establishing uh, a, a specific working group that will now start to focus on when we can get owners and such like onto a race course because that has to be a priority for us. Um, y you know, uh, I, I had dialogue this week with... with one owner in particular who had a horse in in the guineas today and you know perhaps once in a lifetime chance to have a horse in a, mm. in a classic and uh, couldn't be here so very conscious of the, the contribution they make and the importance of, for them to be here yeah yeah so you feel that there will be a sort of intermediate stage if you like before full crowds will get something we hope so we yeah. hope so and and we will work collaboratively as an industry to, to to advocate that with government and and see if we can make some ground on that uh, in the in the future and in terms of the race program itself, yeah. how much more catching up have we got to do, in essence, before the race program has a normal look to it? Yes, the team are pulling together uh, a program now for into uh, that period, uh, second part of summer, in, into the rest of the year. Um, I think uh, once we get to the, the end of June, we will start to get back to a more normalised program. Mm. Uh, you know, there are a lot of lot of listed and group races that are, that are scheduled over the course of the, this period through June to, to try and help us catch up. So um, hopefully we'll get back to a more normalised race program, albeit it's not normal when there's nobody here, but uh, it's, it's great f for the horses and for the, for the participants to have those opportunities.
As far as today is concerned, yes. so far, touch wood, everything relatively quiet where we want it to be quiet. Yeah. Asheen Murphy got a two-day ban for whip use in the Kipco 2000 Guineas. Just talk us through that. Yes, uh, above permitted level, uh, nine strikes. Uh, he's He's been suspended for two days, and we'll take those two days... Uh, 21st and 22nd of June after the uh, after Royal Ascot. Uh, yes, disappointing, disappointing. Uh, it's it's been the only issue today that's emerged. Uh, unfortunate uh, with Kenzo Warrior uh, taking a fly leap out of the barriers and and, and stumbling and losing a little ground. Uh, but uh, largely, they're the only issues today. And just one other point, Pinatubo, he took a ticket to yes. go into the stalls last and he's now over the threshold, which means, technically speaking, to run again, he has to pass a stalls test. Yes. Stalls tests aren't happening at the moment. Is there a way of enabling that? Yes, he's taken his, his third late load request in a 12-month period, so uh, he is required to stalls test before he races again. Uh, as it happens, we've been working through myself and, and my team uh, to come up with some solutions for introducing some stalls tests from next week if we can because uh, you know there are lots of trainers that are in a similar situation mm. uh, so we, we hope to make some decisions in the next 24 48 hours around options this week hopefully at some potentially at some race courses if we've got some capacity at, uh, at race fixtures to do it uh, over the coming week luck on Sunday Proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel, Dubai. You've been listening to the Luck on Sunday podcast, the weekly digest of the best bits from Luck on Sunday, the programme that brings you the best guests and insights from around the racing world.